Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. We're at Gus's Tackle and Nets talking fishing this morning. And if you haven't been to one of these things, look, Gus's Outdoor Sale, let me let me fill you in. We've got some really good deals going on, deals that only happen this weekend. So come on by and say hi. I have with me Mr. Gus Majore. Uh, Gus is a busy man this morning. Gus, fill us in on what's going on here. First off, how did yesterday go? I know, man, surviving that storm. I tell you, Keith, I was really um, afraid at first, but people kept coming, man. Yeah. They were calling. I said, bring your boots and your rain gear. And we had a full house yesterday, Keith. Um, I was surprised being a Friday. And as much rain we had, with everything flooding around here, we had a full house. You sell a lot of boots? Yeah, we actually did. <laughs> Sold a lot of boots. So what's going on today? Because, look, the weather's clearing up. we got the cold front. It's going to get cooler. Looks like we're done with the storm here. No rain. The wind has died down. It's going to turn out to be yeah, a pretty good day. I think it's going to be great, Keith. Uh, we, had a lot, we had a lot of wind go coming through here this morning. Blew a few things around. But it's dying down, and the weather looks like it's clearing up. And, um, I think it's going to be good. It's our annual customer appreciation sale, uh, fall sale. We have rods and reels on sale, plenty specials on lures. Um, we're serving breakfast now, and we got lunch. We're going to have lunch today. Absolutely. What we have for lunch? We're going to have pulled pork sandwiches, jambalaya, Captain Jim's um, crawfish, corn soup. We might have to extend this show to lunch, so I have an excuse to stay here. Yeah, now. <laughs> we can hang around. Come on, we can do it. Well, look, I know you got great deals going on here. You know, the food, the drinks. We got the radio show. But uh, I tell you what, the people here today—it's like a, a, a reunion of North Shore fishermen. Uh, have you heard any fish stories? Uh, looking around, because let me tell you, uh, I know a few fishermen that are full of it. I mean, uh, full of yeah. fishing stories. <laughs> I tell you, Keith, um, things are getting better around here. A lot of trout are starting to show up on this side of the lake. Um, it's, I think it's only going to get better, and with a push like this, we're gonna, it's going to push in more salt water, mm -hmm. and I think Lake Pontchartrain is getting ready to kick in. Yeah, well, it already has, Gus. Yeah, yeah, it has, but <laughs> it's going to get better. You can probably tell by the people coming in oh, here yeah. what they're yeah. buying, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, all right, Gus, thanks right, so Keith, much. I get appreciate y'all coming by today. I see some people wanting to talk to you over there, so get on over to them. All right, Keith, thanks, man. All right, Gus. All right, if we've got one more hour to go, the North Shore Fishing Report this hour, we're going to be talking with uh, Chris Basie with Bass Assassins to find out some results of his tournament, also uh, some upcoming tournaments here on the North Shore. We'll also try to see uh, how Chris changes his strategy when it comes to bass fishing in the fall with these, uh, with these cold temperatures coming through. Also, we're going to be talking with uh, we're talking trout fishing with, with Wayne Bordelon. Uh, he's going to be coming on. Wayne made a successful trip to the northern shoreline of Lake Pontchartrain where uh, he caught a, a limit of speckled trout. So we'll hear about that trip. We'll also hear from James Hall and Lauren Baker. They've been fishing the trestles lately, so we'll see if those so-called World Series trout have made their way to the train bridge yet. All coming up on the North Shore Fishing Report. Stick around through the break. We'll pick back up with Chris Basie. 
And welcome back to the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. Up next, we're going to talk a little bass fishing, more specifically, bass tournament fishing. Uh, lots of tournaments wrapping up their seasons and uh, totaling up their points for the Classic. And up next to talk tournament fishing is Chris Basie. Chris is the tournament director for Bass Assassins and is an avid bass fisherman here on the North Shore. Uh, he also has a show called CB Bassin in which he uh, makes tutorials and, and bass fishing tips and tricks and how-tos and tournament vlogs. Got it all on CB Bassin. Uh, you can find that on NorthShoreFishingReport.com as well. So Chris joins me right now. Chris, did you see anything uh, you might not be able to pass up here? Well, you mean on the road to get here? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of trees around. <laughs> What's it look like? You were coming out of... Uh, out of Covington area Covington. there. And, yeah, there's a lot of roads closed. Uh, the interstate's open, but there's a lot of side roads closed. It sounds like that area got hit especially hard. What about yeah. power? Y'all have power? I did not have power when I left. Sounds like fun. Well, it looks like you made the right move to come on down here. We got power. Oh, yeah. We got breakfast being cooked. We got food. We got sales. Yeah. All the sales reps. All right, Chris, let's get to uh, the tournament results from your last tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. Where was it held and what were the weights? Uh, We were over on West Pearl, and uh, it was not good. (laughs) (laughs) We had 13 anglers show up and a total of 14 bass brought into the scale. So uh, it was tough. Uh, One. We're fishing a lot of rising river. The West Pearl was coming up really fast, and then in the marsh, the water was really high, full of, uh, I guess, the storm surge from that other front that come through. Uh, Sam Jenkins caught the only limit of the whole day with 7 pounds, 11 ounces, so he won it. And then right behind him was Jimmy Doris with four fish for four nines. So. What was the biggest bass taken? The biggest one was brought in by Joe. That was 3 pounds, 10 ounces. That's Joe Pacone? Joe Pacone, yeah. All right. So that was a nice fish. All right. Well, look, the West Pearl, you know, we were talking about how great it is to fish, how great it is to fish, and it seems like snap your finger, bam. Oh, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. So what does it take to affect the West Pearl? Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Any little rain from here to Jackson, Mississippi Anything. will affect it and bad. Like, we were all joking that morning because we looked at our phones on the river gauge and, like, literally it showed yes, the day before was at 8 foot. And then that morning was at like 12 foot. Like there was no climb. It just went doop. It jumped. So no climb. Just no. It just went doop. <laughs> We're at 12 now. So it's uh any. It's so long of a re- region. You know, from here to Jackson, anything happens along Funnel. there. It comes Big down funny, through here. Yeah. So you gotta always watch the weather. And anything will change it. Yeah. Were you able to fish that West Pearl while it was low under six? I did not get out there while it was that low. No, I didn't make it there. Uh, I fished the east a lot and kind of moved into the middle rivers because we launched in the east, but I never did get to fish the west. Well, let's let's talk. Um, you know, before this rain, we were looking at really, really clean river river conditions and mm-hmm. bayous. Mm-hmm. Um, do you change? I talked with Jason about colors of bait, and he said basically your solids work best. Uh, any any thoughts on what colors you're looking at with these? Yeah, uh, yeah, when it's muddy water, I'm using dark lures, either black and blue or all black or black and red, uh, and I can get away with a better, bigger lines. Uh, but once it starts clearing up. You got to go to more natural colors. I use like green pumpkins and and uh, even like a brownish color. I think they call it a scuppernug color. And uh, I'm a, I'm gonna use more natural, and I'm gonna go lighter on the lines, or even use fluorocarbon right. because they can see that braid. Uh, I like to use dark braid as much as I can, but even that can get seen in 
in a really clear water. So yeah, and line definitely matters. Mm -hmm. uh, transition to fall. How are you changing your fishing? What are you looking for is with these cool fronts coming through? What days of the week as far as before the front, after the front? Um, I'm starting to move back into the little bayous right now. It's they're still going to be deep. What they're going to do is. They're kind of already staging. What they're going to do is come into the bayous off of the main bayou and just start following the bottom of it back there. And they'll stage in any little corner that's a little deeper. It might have stumps that are sticking up because of the current rushing through there and washing everything out. And that's where they're going to stage at. So that's what I'm starting to look for now is moving back into the little creeks off the main channels. Um, Chris, now... I've been learning a lot as far as the sun beating woods, like the sun yeah. beating down on wood yeah. and feeding the right. warmth down into the water. Right. Um, when do you start? What temperatures is that into your head? Like I need to start focusing on finding warmer water. I, I mean, I'll do it anytime. Like it's more of a later winter deal when it's really cold and it's been cold for a while. But like right now when you – Last week we saw water temps went from 80 degrees one week to the 70 the next week. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a heck of a change for a bass. And sometimes that will, they'll hit a mat and kind of warm up under that. But that's more of a later winter deal for me when it's really getting cold and the water temps is down in the 50s. I'm going to start looking for that. Talk a little bit about that. What do you, what do you mean by a mat? Uh, a mat of grass, like a mat of hyacinth or a mat of uh, duckweed or anything like that that can transfer the heat down into the so water. So that sun beating down on Right, it, it right. It's it like up. a heating blanket for them. Mm -hmm. so. And they get right under. Yeah, the they'll just sit right up under it. Well, Chris, it's time to play thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh -huh. You know the routine. Oh, yeah. I give you a specific spot. You give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. Mm -hmm. Or last week, I think you gave me, or last month, like you gave me a thumbs sideways. Yeah. That was like, huh, oh, man, yeah. that's hit or miss. You might so. get some more of them today. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with his wind. <laughs> yeah. Let's start Crawford's Landing. Launch at Crawford's Landing. Head north on the West Pearl River up towards Morgan Bayou. Thumbs up or thumbs down? That's a thumbs down on that one. That river's coming up again. I just checked the river gauge, and it kind of leveled out after last weekend, but it's on the climb again. As projected, I think over 12 foot by next week. So, so thumbs down on that one. Yep. Let's move over to Lock One. Launch at Lock One and run north to Becky Lake. Mm -hmm. That's a thumbs up. Uh, that's probably the most stable environment right now going on around here. There's no storm surge been happening. There's no rising rivers. So, I definitely thumbs up on that, especially with this cooler weather coming. Yeah, Lock One is definitely somewhere you can get. You know. Lock one's not like the rest of these rivers are by. It's, no. It's locked up. It's crystal clear. And yeah. Becky Lake, fill me in. That's that's up to the right if you're coming that's up That's up to the left. One. When you're going up a little ways. Left. Okay. Yeah, there's a big about. old stump field lake on the left-hand mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's move over to the Chifuncta River. Launch at Highway 22. Let's head south uh, to the southern end of the no-wake zone. I'm going to give that a thumbs up, too. Uh especially because the water's been falling out here recently over the last week. So the tides are almost back to normal now. So I'm going to give that a thumbs up, especially moving. The fish are going to start moving into the marinas following the, the shad and the bait fish. What kind of bait are you using for that? Uh, top water mainly. Uh, chug bugs. Chug bug. Right in the mouth of the marinas. Sometimes like a square bill or spinner bait too. Oh, yeah, the fish moving into the marinas. I tell you what, I've seen you fish that area and the 
the open water, you know, fishing a chuck bug yeah. in open water, you yeah. don't typically think to throw a topwater bait. You're in 15 foot of water, right, 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 right. right. Talk a little bit about what the bass are doing there as far as, I guess they're just targeting schools of bait. They, they stack up in those entrances to the marina? They are. They'll, they'll sit down, and I find like a sunny day is the best day for that because they're looking for silhouettes. They're sitting down looking up and they're watching for the silhouette of the bait to come through. And when they see that chug bug coming, they come up fast. Like, you'll see them come out the water because they're coming from way down, coming to get it. Wow, wow. You know, I've seen that in that rice, rice fields. I've seen those bass go down to the bottom. They'll mm -hmm. disappear for a while. Mm -hmm. Then they'll rush all the way up to the top, and the bait will go nuts, and they'll mm -hmm. attack all at once. Then they'll go back down and disappear again. Yeah. So it's definitely, these bass have a game plan. Oh, they're smart. Yeah. Yeah. They, they hide down there. Well, Chris, what's up for uh, Bass Assassins? Uh, our next one is going to be our last for this year. It's going to be on East Pearl on the 3rd, November 3rd. And then uh, then we take off for the holidays, and we'll be back in February. Why do you take that break? You, you find those those hunters? Are, are... But yeah, the, our numbers start declining, uh, and it's just time for the holidays. I, I'm, I'm big on the holidays. I yeah. like to you know spend time with family. Mm -hmm. And... Also, you still have liars and lunkers goes through the whole year, so which they're fishing tomorrow. So, yeah, where are they fishing? East Pearl. East Pearl. Yeah. Okay. Look forward to the results. Still waiting on Jason Pittman's results from Florida. Yeah, Paris. there's been a couple That's other tournaments coming right through already. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what's going on with your point standings and your classic? Uh, right now, I have it totaled up to this last tournament, and right now, Jimmy Doris is in the lead by 30 points. He can be overtaken by Eric if uh, if Eric calls out some some bad finishes. That's Eric this. Seco. Eric Seco, yeah. So this next tournament's a big deal for them. So, Chris, talk a little bit about um, what you're seeing right now as far as fishing. You know, with the fronts coming through, what are you, what are you what are you going to stay away from? And I mean, because because right now with the weather, you know, different fronts and stuff, we need to know what to stay away from. What days are we staying away from? One day, two day races. Races for Sokolay, we're staying two days away. You talking about after blue, a front? After here? a front. I'm talking about after a front. Stay mm. away. Well, most of us don't have that luxury. We're not retired. <laughs> uh, we got to go on a weekend, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, it can be done the day after. You just got to fish a moving bait for reaction because they don't want to eat. You're not going to have to. You're not going to be able to force them to eat. But I would say get back to normal two to three days after the front. Probably three days after would be the best. Then you'll be able to really make them eat something. But the day after, you want to throw something moving. Try to make a reaction bite, and you're going to get short strikes. A lot of them. So. Now, uh, I know you fished that Chifuncta River a lot. Talk a little bit about the conditions you're seeing over that Chifuncta, because I just talked to, to Ray. He said this this deluge might affect it. How does the Chifuncta River uh, react? To, Last to time Ray I was like on this? it, it looked great. Uh, you know, the watercolor was great. Now, I don't know what it's going to do now after today's, but it's. Uh, I think it's doing pretty good. It's going to. With this cooler weather coming, I think it's going to really kick off soon. You're going to see some monsters coming out of there soon. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um, where can we send some people for numbers? Let's not. We, I know you tournament fishermen. You talk big bass. You know we're looking for the bigger bass. But yeah, that's what we I always mean, do. Yeah, but the majority of people, we, you know, we just come out there. I just, fish for five bites, five yeah, big ones, five big ones. But you know, just catching a few frying pan sized yeah. fish. You know, bass fish is just just as good to eat as any. I know y'all cringe. You bass tournament fish <laughs> cringe at, at the thought of a bass hitting a frying pan, uh, but. 
but I'll fry them up with the best of them. Oh, yeah. Catching a few bass, just just you know, a quick limit of, of bass. I'm what are say, we looking for? I'm gonna say stay in the marsh. Stay uh, in the marsh. Yeah, because right now, like I said, the tide's getting back to normal now. It's back to lower, so the fish are gonna start pulling out of them little air, hiding areas that had a little bit of fresh water left in it. They're gonna start pulling out now and start feeding and moving around. So. I'd say stay in the marsh. That's going to be your best bet. Yeah, and I tell you what, the, with with the when the fronts come through, those north winds switch over, mm-hmm. and it drains those the marsh. Yes, man. I tell you what, nothing better than finding a good mud lawn, a little clear, you know, clear water mixing with the muddy water, right. and finding those bass hiding in that muddy water, mm-hmm. throwing right across that line, and it's almost like automatic to catch them. It's like they. Well, it's something with that line. Talk a little yeah. bit about that that, clip, that mud line that you see. It's funny you mention that because I was just working on a video from where we fished in Bayou Lacombe, and I started the video off with a with me saying I'm sitting there looking at this bayou with water's pouring out, and I was like, this is the kind of day it's going to be. I fish a Ternaz with water pouring out, and I don't get a bite. That's what kind of day it's going to be. Wow. <laughs> like, uh, anytime you get a good mud line with color change in that water, like it's good, fresh, clean water coming out the swamp, or out the marsh, they are there. They are on fire there. Uh, I had that happen a couple of weeks ago in the East Pearl, and I sat in one trinos and caught five, caught my limit of fish. Mm-hmm. So explain why. No, they're ambush points. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime that muddy water, the bait's coming through that muddy water, and they hit that clear water, and the bass can just annihilate them. Mm-hmm. And because those the, the bait fish are typically in in the structure in the marsh, and yeah. when it's getting flushed and out, getting it's pulled getting out. flushed out right. of, of clean. They're in yeah, the clean water, and the bass know it. And they just sit there. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a what do you call a firing squad? Yeah, <laughs> they're just waiting for the shad fish to come in to a them. barrel. Actually, right. yeah, know? it is shad in a barrel. <laughs> well, Chris, we got a bunch of new a uh, bunch of guests coming up after you and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about world series trout i know you are you much of a trout fisherman yeah i grew up doing it with my dad trout mm-hmm. and reds uh i haven't done it much in years but mm-hmm. what would you call a world series trout what how long how long mm-hmm. uh i'd say a good 18 to 20 inches okay. is a real nice trout that's what i say when's the last time you've been Mm, this summer, uh, my son come down, and we actually went to Hopedale and did a little okay, red fishing. Okay. And uh, we didn't get no trout, but we caught a couple reds. Caught a couple red fish, yeah. How's your son doing? Doing good? Oh, yeah, he's doing wonderful. All right, Chris. Well, we got. I see some, man, I see everybody here. Look Look at all the faces. Look for a screen come through. We got, yeah. Yeah, well, I done turn around now. I see a bunch of new people. Well, I tell you what, you know, you look around, you see the sales and everything, and one, one of the most valuable things, I think, is knowledge here. You start oh, yeah. talking fishing, you're going to find out where the fish are right now. Right. Now, a lot of these guys are, are tight-lipped, but a lot of them, look, I see Sam Coco Jr. right here. He's, you know, it, when, when he starts catching fish in his yeah. neighborhood, he's fishing from the land. Right. I already know which way these fish are hidden. So, yeah. you know, There's piecing a... the puzzle together, you're talking, talking to fishermen. You're talking to local fishermen. It's like right. a North Shore Fishing Report reunion here. So... We're There's gonna, a lot of years of knowledge right here, right now. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you see anything, any any sales you like? I haven't gotten a chance to look at it yet. Uh, uh, I saw some ducket rods I want to go look at, but I haven't got a chance to look at anything yet. So. I see you looking the way over at breakfast, though. What, what, do, what yeah. do they have over there? They got sausage and eggs and uh, bacon. I'm, I'm about to go over there as soon as this is done. Well, Chris, uh, when's, your, when's your next tournament again? East Pearl? East Pearl yeah. on November 3rd. November 3rd? 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I look forward to the uh, to results from that, and uh, we'll hopefully I'll it. be on top. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Good luck to you, and uh, give me those results. And as usual, we'll post them on the North Shore Fishing Report. Uh, you just go to North Shore Fishing Report, click on North Shore Bass Series. Uh, you can also find videos uh, CB bassing that Chris does really good tips and, and tricks to catching bass so mm -hmm. Chris great to have you this morning and uh, good luck in your next tournament thank you sir all right Chris Basie right there talking bass fishing and, and tournament fishing on the North Shore always good to hear from him uh, being a tournament director you know he's always got the scoop on what areas are doing good right now and Chris knows that area really really well and I want to remind folks, uh, if you need any information, like I said, as far as bass tournaments go, you can go to NorthShoreFishingReport.com, click on the North Shore Bass Series page, and uh, it's got all the results and the upcoming tournament information for you right there. Okay, who do we have next? <laughs> it's like a reunion here. I'm seeing all kind of familiar faces. A lot of North Shore Fishing Report guys and gals out here, but up next we're going to check in with Wayne Borderlawn. Wayne lives in Lacombe and has been doing some speckled trout fishing lately, and has a great trip to share with us. We're at Gus's Tackle and Nets 726 Old Spanish Trail in Slidell, and it's the 8th annual outdoor sale. Come on by and see us. And welcome back to the North Shore Fishing Report. Up next, we're going to talk with a local fisherman, Wayne Bordelon of Lacombe. Wayne's been fishing uh, Lake Pontchartrain a few years now and really made a great trip to tell us about. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. Uh, now, talk about, are you relatively new to the North Shore? Yeah, uh, I was raised in Metairie and uh, raised my kids in Metairie and all. And then as they grew up, uh, moved to Thibodeau for a little while. And the wife and I uh, sold it all and we bought a big motorhome. Hit the road for 12 years, traveled around, fished around the country and stuff. Spent some in Alaska twice. Wow. And uh, so we finally needed to settle down. My mom, got sick, we settled down and bought a little place in Lacombe. I wanted to be somewhere close to the boat launch, so... So traveled the country for 12 years, and that's not keeping your home? That was your home? I was, that was my home for 12 wow. years. Wherever I parked, that was home. Wow. What was that like? That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you saw a lot of that. Talk about, you fished while you were? In Alaska, I fished. The last time I went, I fished every day for 60 days, but three. I had 14 cases of pint jars of salmon can and three freezers full of fillets to come home with. It was awesome. Every day. Boy, you're making a lot of fishermen jealous out there. <laughs> it was fun. Um, well, how long have you been living in Lacombe? Seven years. Seven years now? Yeah. Uh, you're originally from Metairie. Talk a little bit about the differences that Lake Pontchartrain poses as far as speckled trout fishing goes. Well, what I find is it's, it's, it's a little different. You, you go to the coastal marshes. You got a strong tide moving in and out, and all that. You got a good tide over here in the lake too, but it's it's more being a bigger lake. It's more subtle. You, it, it's and it's seasonal, uh, depending on the water temperatures, the spawns, and everything else. So uh, you got to adapt, and it, you also have the different rivers coming in, depending on how much rain you get, and of course you got the spillway uh, in the lake. But the, the lake, I find, comes back quicker than people think it would, because I think people don't realize. Even though you got the spillway water in there, you still got a layer of salt water underneath. And when you get some winds blowing, it pushes that salt water in there regardless. It's there underneath. The yeah. fish not going anywhere. They're just harder to catch and harder to find. Mm -hmm. Well, and I tell you about the improvement 
at this lake we've seen since that the spillway's been closed. It's been really encouraging as far as that. But you've got a trip here um, where you caught, you, you limited out on speckled trout, huh? Yeah, that was, uh, Thursday was a week. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about that trip. Where'd you launch? Well, I launched it by, at uh, well, a friend of mine that lives right over there by Bayou Lacombe, and I launched it at his place. So we came out of Bayou Lacombe, and uh, I had went the Sunday before, and I took my grandson and my great-grandson, and we we didn't catch a lot because I was fooling with him a lot, but I could see the bait in the water, and I could see the handwriting on the wall. And, you know, it was it, something was there. So my grandson and I went back and uh, come out of Bayou Lacombe. I went over there towards the pipelines, and we fished there a little bit. There was a bunch of boats, but uh, we wasn't picking up a whole lot. And uh, we decided to come back closer to the mouth of the Bayou, Bayou Lacombe, between there and Bayou Liberty. And uh, when we pulled up in there, it was just the bait was unbelievable. I, I mean, you just couldn't throw out there. And, I mean, you throw your line out, mullets hitting your line all the time. And uh, we started picking up a few. And then I realized there was so much bait, we kind of moved out to the edge of the bait. And once we got to the edge of the bait, uh, we started picking up some trout, and it was bigger trout and more trout. And when we got there, it was just every cast we was picking up a fish. We had some throwbacks, but the majority was really good fish. Now, you say the pipeline canal. That's Flat Point you're referring to, that pipeline canal, that before you get to Bayou Bonfica? Yeah. Yeah, yeah in, that, in that pocket, back in that corner. Yeah. They got a pipeline back there, and that there's been a lot of fish being caught in that area, and I've done well in that area, but and I've usually fish out of Bayou Liberty a lot, and fish out of the mouth of Bayou Liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trout I like to fish is mostly when they get in the bayou, but they they're not they don't they seem to be coming up in the bayou no more. Yeah, we have to keep an eye on them to see if they get in there. And man, I don't know why you know why they they won't go in there because the salinity is is up and. You know, I don't know the theory is is that the grass is out on the in the lake now and it don't have the grass, the grass out and so the fish are staying out there, but I don't know. Yeah. So you started at Flat Point Canal, worked your way back to Bayou Lacombe. Um, what lures were you using? I, I prefer to use the Meridine out there. Uh, I find I like the action, especially with the high tide like that. By throwing it and dragging it, pulling it across the top of that grass is where we was really catching the fish. And uh, it, it's a slow spending lure, so it kind of stays where you want it to be, depending on how fast you work it. And uh, so, and, I, and I, I just like the feel of it. It's kind of like tight lining, you know, and it, it feels good. Uh, redfish? Any redfish on that trip? Uh, we've caught a couple on each trip. You know, I, I, I went that, like I said, Thursday a week ago. I went back uh, that Sunday. We picked up 15, but there was a ton of little fish. Uh, we didn't catch as many bigger fish. And we went back again uh, this past Thursday, and the same thing. We caught 15 nice fish, but we had a bunch of throwbacks again. So uh, not the quantity of big fish we had on that first trip, but it, they, they still on the shoreline. You, I, I always said you find the, find the grass, you find the bait, you find the bait, you find the fish. Yeah, it, it's a trickle effect, it yeah. seems like, <laughs> with that eel grass. Uh, did you, you didn't put on any corks, huh, no cork fishing? We tried corks just to see what would happen. Uh, did nothing with that. Uh, we tried some, you know, just uh, tight lining some uh, beetles or, you know, uh, matrix sheds and stuff like that. But uh, Meridine seemed to be what worked for us, you know. Now, uh, you also, do you carve your own baits? I do. Uh, I, I, I do wood carving, and I, when I move back down here, it's a different thing. It's, it's mostly ducks that people do, so I started doing ducks. But then I like to fish, so I started doing my own lures. And uh, 
I enjoy doing that, but a lot of work in carving lures and getting all that right with wooden. Yeah. You know, just you can't can't get what you want for them with yeah. with that. So I started uh, hand painting glass uh, lures. I ordered the um, the lures uh-huh. and I hand paint them and, and custom paint them wow. and uh, put hooks on them and they work pretty good. In fact, one one of the ones that I really caught that first day that started catching a trout on was one that I painted. And it was doing great, except I had one that had three hooks on it, and it was hooking fish and everything I had in the boat. So I got tired of that, so I put the Miradon on with just the two hooks, and I got, a, got by a little bit error, better. Trial yeah. and error, trial and error for your next So I ordered me some to paint that's just got two hooks on it. <laughs> what, uh, that day, I tell you what, I was using a uh, one of the Spectrum lures. Uh, it's a plastic shad that, that Mr. Green's making, and uh, it was a pink color. Now, I usually don't use a pink color lure, but I tell you what, he put one of those on there. And I was hanging with Mr. Green, so uh, pink color lure was working good that day. What what colors were working? Uh, I found a, uh, the one I did the best on was the blue uh, Meridine. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I did was uh, I, I found I did a little bit better if I put some red hooks on them. I took okay. those hooks off and I put the red hooks on. That gave me a little bit of advantage, look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one was the uh, chartreuse. What uh? Any other uh, areas that you fish other than Bayou Lacombe? Any other areas that you fish other than Bayou Lacombe? Uh, yeah, uh, I usually fish this area and all till it gets. I, I usually find about mid-November. Then if the East Pearl gets down, I go into East Pearl. Okay. And I'll fish over there by Mud Lake, uh, catch some trout there. But then what I started doing, uh, I seen some guys out there with their rod hanging over the side of the boat, and they, they troll with it. Well, I figured I could do that times four, so I made me a rack on the back of my boat, and I put four rods out. And we was going along and sometimes picking up four redfish at a time, really? uh, picking up some trout that way. So I thought, well, I can do better. I put six on there, but don't try that. That's two guys <laughs> on a boat. Greedy there. Two guys on a boat with six redfish on at a time. Don't worry. <laughs> and where, what areas was that? That was in East Pearl. East Pearl. Yeah. Trolling yeah. for redfish. Yeah, I just I, I I started going out there, and it was uh, the trout was there, the redfish was there. And when I started trolling, I, it's just a whole different aspect of, of fishing down here, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Do you do any bass fishing? I do. Uh, not as much here. When I lived in Thibodeau for about five years, and I used to belong to a bass club down there, and I fished a lot. But I didn't find a place that equals that down over here too much. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, But I, if I do, I go to, uh, I've been to Lock One, done some fishing there. I fished by Lacombe, by Liberty a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the speckled trout and the redfish and stuff like that, I kind of tend to do that. I, I go down to Delacro once in a while. I got a good friend of mine who owns the marina down there at Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. So I go down there and fish with him. So. What's that What's that area looking like? Well, I haven't been to Delacro in a few years now. <laughs> Delacro, it, 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 it used to be great. Yeah. But last year, the trout never came in. They didn't have the trout. They got the diversion open up. Uh-huh. And it's muddy down there. And it, you can catch all the redfish you want. But the... Um, the, the trout just hadn't been there. We, I'm hoping that maybe this year it'll come back in there. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tell you, I don't fish too much of any other. After, you know, creating North Shore Fishing Report, it seems like I'm, I'm busy here on the North Shore. I don't get to focus on other areas, but I have heard how, how Delacroix has changed. Yeah. So, so uh, what else? Have you fished the bridges? Or you, I have. Causeway, trestles, I have, but uh, it's so hit and miss. Yeah. That, you know, I, I tend to fish the other areas. Uh, I, I wash my tides, you know, and like I said, the tides, you don't see it as much over here with the lake and all like you do in fishing cuts and stuff like that. But uh, it makes a difference. 
Uh, when I did real good, the tide was falling. And uh, when I went back, I fished the morning and the tide was coming up, and I did better with the falling tide. We're going to get Mr. Green on here in a little bit, talk about his, his spec drum uh, lures. I, and that's the, the, the lure I did get good with, the pink drum. Mr. Green, come talk a little bit about the lures and that spec drum. Uh, the pink lure I was doing really good on. Mr. Wayne caught a limit of speckled trout along that uh, Lake Pontchartrain shoreline. He was using Miradine lure. Um, talk a little bit about your lures. What I, I, I describe it as a paddle tail that I was using. Is that correct? Well, the lures that we have coming out, we got a special scent in it. But it's the colors are solid. You know, they loud color, mm -hmm. like for wrestling, a loud green, a nice purple. Well, the purple lure is his wife lure. I said, I'm going to try it. And I'm telling you, it was awesome. Even yeah. Keith, you went with me and yeah. found it out. But they had two couples. Uh -huh. And they was in the boat fighting about who catching the most. So I get an old man one because the wife was beating him. Uh -huh. And he stopped me and said, Mr. Green, I'll beat about five. And they, they had their limit. <laughs> so, you know, the baits are very good. They're not better than nobody else's bait. They catch fish like everybody else's bait. Uh, it's a new bait on the market. It's called Merichrome and Spectrum. So I just hope everybody get out and give it a, give it a whack. Now, you have and the lures out here at We have Gus's the lures at Gus's right now. Uh, we got them up for show, for sale. And um, come on out and... Um, Buy you a couple of them and give them a whack. I promise you, you you won't be disappointed. What type of what type? Is paddle tail and you well, got paddle the tail. tail huh? We got a triple tail, and also we got the small crappie bait. Okay, you and uh, I done too. very well a couple of days ago on the crappie bait. Yeah, very and, well. And the good thing about these lures is Mr. Green's got uh, he calls the shots as far as how, what the colors are. I know you're pretty particular about your colors, so I know it's uh, custom made to this area. What works in this area? You know? Well. What I like about the lures, the water in the lake are very clear, so it really works in clear water. So we have all these different colors can work in all different colors of water. You know, the clear water, some stained water. We got the chartreuse. We got a uh, raw blue that I love. Obviously, you know, I got a blue shirt on. Mm -hmm. uh, that lure have done well. So the colors work in all different areas with the different color water. So it's really good. What about bass fishing? Using bass uh, fishing? Since you said that, I was on the other side on flat, on Goose Point side. Looking for speckled trout, I had 10 bags with the lures and they had nailed speckled trout. And I caught them out in the lake in the grass. So now I know it works for bass also. Now that you're talking about that area, have you been into Todd's Bayou? No. No? The, the fish did not move over there yet. They may get over there between the next week or two, but they're still all around that pipeline towards Bayou Liberty. Now, Wayne was talking about how the, the, the trout have not made their way into the bayous. You, get, you got any theory on that, why they're on the shoreline they won't go into the bayous? Yeah. Um, I studied the lake a lot. I live right there. I've been doing it all my entire life. When Katrina come in, the shoreline was the shoreline. She moved it back, say, 100 feet. Well, when we went back out after the storm, we went to the shoreline. No grass. Well, the show, old shoreline is out in the lake. Mm -hmm. So the fish ha had no choice but go to the bayou. You know, that's where all the bait went, and the grass in the bayou. Everybody was enjoying it five years ago. They were having fun. Well, the shoreline is full of grass again, and we really catching them, what, 100 yards yeah. off the shoreline. And that's where the old show line at, plus the new show line with grass. So the bay can't do but one thing. All the bay going to do is go straight to the grass. They don't have to go in the bayou because, you know, nature adapts itself. Yeah. You know, and that's what happens. So they're back in the bayou. You're going to find fish in the bayou one day, but you ain't going to find them like you found them five years ago. Yeah. You know, you got to burn some fuel now. You got to go back to work.
Yeah, you it's know. not that much farther. You know, the no. only thing, only no, thing about Lake Pontchartrain is. Everybody want to the car and just throw right out there and get a limited fish and go home. Yeah. Nobody want to really work hard for them. Yeah. But then Wednesday, had 20 boats in, at the pipeline Wednesday. So it's been, it been a great year. The uh, spillway uh, opened up twice. Everybody worrying about it. I always say Mother Nature going to straighten it out. Yeah. And sure enough, she straightened it out because the water been up for the last 10 weeks. I'm talking about real high. Yeah. So she just kept pushing salt water in, pushing salt water in. And uh, nature straightened its own self out. Well, it has certainly improved. And uh, the fishing trip that I made with you certainly uh, proved that. And Mr. Wayne's fishing trip where he limited out. I think we're back in business as far as Lake Ponch Train's concerned. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much, Mr. Green. Thank you. All right. Well, Mr. Green right there and Wayne Bordelon, thanks so much for joining us this morning, guys. What a great trip. Uh, Five minutes from the launch, you know, you can't beat that. That's what's so good about that shoreline bite, uh, so close to us. So keep me posted, Wayne. Uh, making any more trips? Uh, I plan on it as soon as the weather gets. Yeah. Depend on the weather, you know. About two or three days. I plan on getting out there as soon uh, as I can. Look forward to hearing your report. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right, Wayne. Uh, well, time is flying by here. Almost done. We're going to 9 o'clock. Busy, busy North Shore fishing report this morning. We're going to knock out our final break here and put a bow on the show with some trestle talk. Uh, where are the World Series trout? I don't know. Uh, they might be at the trestles. <laughs> We're going to see after the break. You're listening to North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors. Welcome back. You know, it's about that time, uh, late October, when the World Series comes on TV. That's when we're programmed to focus on these big trout that, that are caught at the trestles. But last couple of years, those trout really haven't showed up on the bridge. Uh, sure, we've seen, you know, some really nice trout taken from the bridge in the past years, but nothing like the consistency that, that we're used to seeing uh, here on the North Shore. Now, when I say large trout, I'm talking about 18 inches or over. To me, that's a World Series trout. Um, up next is going to talk with James Hall and Lauren Baker. They've been fishing the bridge this month and hopefully can fill us in on what they're seeing at the train bridge, a.k.a. the trestles. Good morning, James and Lauren. Morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Doing very good. Looks like we survived this storm. Weather's clearing up here. No more rain. The rain line is gone. Uh, I got the people rolling in. Uh, did you guys see anything that, that piqued your interest here at the sale? Yeah, we've uh, we've looked around a little bit. We've seen the usual suspects uh, here <laughs> over the last uh, few years. Seen a few new jig heads. I think I'm going to try out and uh, the traditional uh, favorite matrix. So yeah, what's your favorite matrix? Uh, well, lately I'd say this year it's been the either the magneto color uh, or the ultraviolet, uh, the the white kind of uh, pearl, what mm -hmm. I call pearl color. Glow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but like. that's uh, that's really what we've been catching them on this last year uh, in Lake Bourne earlier this year. And as they've transitioned into the lake, uh, we've really been catching them consistently on that same color. Now, let me ask you, when it comes to uh, the trestles, fishing at the trestles and, and what we call World Series trout, what's, what's the size trout you call a World Series trout? I'd say it's at least got to be one and a half times the legal limit, so uh, 18 <laughs> inches or so. I'd yeah. say that's a, that's a good definition of a World Series trout, and he's got to be a little fat, too. So. Yeah, yeah, typically those trout are. So you guys uh, live in Slidell. Um, you fish this area mostly, uh, trestles? And yeah, so we I've lived in Slidell. Uh, Lauren has lived here her whole life. I've, I've lived here for the last 10 years or so, and uh, I've only 
in the last year and a half fished very extensively in the area. Uh, I've always fished the area, but luck, you know, luckily in the last uh, year and a half, we uh, bought a house in Eden Isle, and so I've been on the water and uh, haven't been able to get off the water. So. Yeah. <laughs> typical, typical. Now, Lauren, have you fished all your life, or you just started fishing more with him? Um, I, it was off and on with my dad sometimes growing up, but mostly it's been with him. I've yeah. learned most from the past year and a half fishing with him extensively. And it's easier to fish when you're catching fish, huh? <laughs> right. And being on the water also. <laughs> yeah. Makes it easy with the right. boat right there in the water, huh? Yeah. All right. We'll talk about what you're seeing at the trestles, guys. Well, so uh, I'd say about a month or a month or so ago, uh, I was fishing mostly Lake Bourne, uh, and that was really in my opinion, due to the higher salinity levels that were in Lake Bourne at the time, the, the salinity really hadn't moved into Lake Pontchartrain uh, yet, about a month and a half ago. And uh, with you know some of the changes in weather patterns, a little bit stronger easter, easterly winds, uh, we've been lucky to have uh, the spillway close and remain closed. So, uh, and not a lot of heavy rain up north, you know, that's pushed uh, down into the lake. So. With, with that, you know, the fish started moving, I'd say about a month ago or so, I, I noticed them moving into the Wrigley's and uh, pushing into Pontchartrain. And just over the last two or three weeks, I started seeing them in the Sidell area, uh, around areas uh, of the, the trestles, the, the I-10 bridge, and uh, some of the neighborhoods that, that are in the area. On the trestles, you guys don't troll it, you jig the trestles? Correct. No, yeah, I, I don't ever do any trolling. Uh, bass fisherman by trade, and so I tend to approach my saltwater fishing, uh, both speckled trout and red fishing, uh, like I bass fish. Mm -hmm. uh, I cover a large amount of area in a day until I find a pattern, and once I find a pattern, I, I try and stick with that pattern uh, over the next few weeks until that pattern changes. So jigging the trestles, what's, what's your biggest trout so far? It, I'd say this year it was, well, the one I caught or the one I lost. So, no, no. So, we don't count the one you lost. Yeah, so, no, no I the biggest we caught, uh, we caught three last weekend that were 18 inches. Okay. Uh, on Friday and uh, on Saturday caught a few decent that were 17 or so, 17 and a half. Uh, we, I, I've lost one at the boat that was even bigger than all those for sure. Uh, my buddy... Uh, who was with me tried to get him in the net and he uh, jumped out of the net so mm. but uh wish i would have had that one how but, big was that one but they uh they all seem fat you know they all seem to be eating a lot of bait fish and uh you know they're they're pretty consistently in the area over the last few weeks now lauren you're you're able to catch a few fish too yeah. um, what what lures do you like I use the same ones the matrix i like the pearl white one and then also the chartreuse mm -hmm. i use both of those a lot you cast in underneath, directly underneath the bridge. You got a favorite place to cast by the um, islands, opposite the bridge. I hear some people. I usually go towards the bridge, so right under it, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, James, the shoreline, uh, that northern shoreline, have you ventured over there yet? Yeah, so uh, actually, most of our fish, most of the bigger size fish in the last few weeks have been caught along the shoreline okay. uh, of the, the those areas of the trestles, the I 10 bridge. Uh, some of the neighborhoods that are in the area there and uh, we found that that's really the pattern over the last few weeks is that if you can find the grass uh, the submerged grass in those areas that's where the trout are uh, 
I believe they're they're as bait fish are moving with the tides in and out of the lake and in and out of the neighborhoods that are around the area, uh, passing through the bridges, that the trout are trapping them up against the uh, they're ambushing them from the you know from the grass beds and uh, against the shorelines. So that's really where we've caught the most uh, fish is in the grass beds against the shorelines of. Lake Pontchartrain in those areas, not necessarily in the middle. Now, James, uh, I think last month you posted a great trip um, where you caught a bunch of flounder. Talk a little bit about flounder. How do you specifically target them, or that it's just a, a bycatch? Well, so I, I fish. I'm a different fisherman than a lot of fishermen probably in the area. Uh, it seems a lot of people in this area seem to fish spots. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the five or ten spots that they fished the last five or ten years and uh, if they're not catching fish in the first spot they'll move to the second spot and then the, so on and so forth until they find the fish and once they find the fish they'll stay in the spot and limit out and, and leave. I tend to fish patterns and so I'll uh, instead of pulling up at a spot maybe a point uh, for example the, pull, the point at Polecat Bend is a very common spot that people stop at. Uh, I've, I can't tell you how many times in the last year that I've been fishing the area, I've caught five or ten fish, uh, and then all of a sudden the fish will slack off a little for 20 or 30 minutes. There will be a boat who comes and pulls up right at the spot, you know, uh, and uh, doesn't catch anything for five or ten minutes, and he leaves, and he mm -hmm. runs all the way across Lake Bourne to the Bluxy Marsh. I don't tend to fish that way. Generally, I fish uh, by uh, finding out what the pattern is and uh, continuing that pattern throughout the day. I'll stay in one area the whole day and wait until the fish come to me. Well, good luck, and I hear the music here, so we're gonna end this hour, but uh, we're here at Gus's Outdoor Sale right here off of Old Spanish Trail. Drop by and see us. I wanna thank all of our guests this morning, Andy Jones, Jason Pittman, Ray Miller, Chris Basie, who else we had? Wayne Bordelon, and you just heard him right there, James Hall and Lauren Baker. Come on by, the Gus's Tackling Nets. Uh, sale will be going on all day. I'm signing off. Keith Lesher here. Hope you enjoyed the show. I certainly had a great time. Good luck and stay safe out on the water. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.